Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. We all want to be famous for our work, right? Get thousands of likes in every post, have millions attend your webinars, pick up awards for world-changing marketing. But at the end of the day, if your activity is making you famous but not affecting business results, something is going wrong. Most business decisions are made by one or a few key individuals in the company. So rather than marketing purely on the basis of reach, what happens when we flip the narrative and focus on the individuals? I'm Richard Wood. I run the marketing agency Six and Flow. I've worked in marketing for around about 18 years now. And I am a massive believer in that people should be trying to engage with people on a human level, not just treating people as leads and numbers in a spreadsheet anymore. I'm Joe Glover. I'm the founder of the Marketing Meetup. It's a community of 14,000 marketers around the UK and established very much on the basis of looking after each other and uh, just looking at marketing in, in a way where the humans come first. Account-based marketing recognizes that a few key contacts are going to be those that make the difference between a yes and a no when it comes to working together. An ABM strategy doesn't bother with hitting the big numbers, it focuses on creating something far more meaningful, a proper relationship. In this episode, we explore our own experiences of ABM, what we've done well, and what we can do differently in the future. So to start with, Joe, let's run through your experience at ABM. What does ABM look like to you? So I reckon that I've I've engaged in ABM, but probably without meaning to or or kind of engaging in any kind of meaningful process. Accidental ABM. I like it. Accidental ABM. Yeah. <laughs> and actually, it's something that I'm a huge advocate for, uh, the principle at least, in that, you know, I, I think so many people would spend so much time focusing on reach and likes and all that sort of stuff and forget. At the end of the day, we're just speaking to one or two people. For that reason... As I say, I, I kind of engage with it, but but never meaningfully or, or process driven. Uh, a few examples would be stuff like we've been running events in a previous company, so I'd send handwritten letters to every person who I wanted to come to the event. And then, to be fair, had a reasonable amount of success with it. So these really hard to reach people were suddenly in a room with us. I've also done some quite I don't know, this, this is one of the things about ABM that I think it would be quite funny to discuss, which is when's the line of creepiness start? So for example, uh, I, I one day found out that one of our very top level people that we wanted to reach also was a big fan of crochet and maintained a crochet blog. So I got a bit of crochet made up for them that sort of said, uh, hey, Hannah, or whatever their name was, just saying hi or something like that. And like... With the benefit of hindsight, it's probably a little bit creepy, but you know, it was just... So, something... so just to be clear, was there was there a note in this that went with that, or was it just a crochet <laughs> that said, hi, Hannah, and a pair of eyes under it? <laughs> there was a note. There was a note. Uh, there was context given, but I, 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 
I don't know. At the time, I guess I just thought of it, thought it would be a, a nice bit of personalised something to stand out from the crowd at least. And and to go to the wider point of ABM, I, I think that's something which which marketers really underestimate because it's bloody hard, you know, to spend a lot of time investing in a single individual. But I think because it's hard, so many people don't do it. But the flip side of that is that it makes it really really valuable. This, I mean, this is across a number of the previous episodes is like something we've touched on is the ROI of that. It's much easier to go into a boardroom and say, hey, Mr. Bossman, I'm going to spend a thousand pounds and we think we'll get four thousand pounds back from it. That's an easier conversation to have than, hey, Mr. Bossman, I'm going to spend a thousand pounds on attracting this one individual. Mm-hmm. Let's see where that goes. I mean, there's there's an, an immediate conversation stopper in there in yeah. certain boardrooms. So. Did did Hannah buy? Uh, no, no. In fact, I never heard from her ever again. I guess a better example would be that uh, one year we we sent out some Christmas presents to all of our clients, but then we also sent them to people we really wanted to work with. And uh, in that specific occasion, it was a, a, a hardware company, and I think I discussed this before, but we sent them a, han- a hammer with like their name on, and uh, it sort of said, "Hey, name." Uh, let's nail 2019 uh crap dad joke crap pun but they did end up posting on linkedin oh look at this amazing gift that i got from the company i was working for at the time you know and and sort of sparked real sort of lively conversation between us and and them and was sort of like a real lifting off point and then also the the event uh, handwritten letter things have been really really successful in the past do you ever notice that whenever we talk about abm we normally come straight back to talking about the physical elements of ABM. So we're talking about, so every example there, you've just talked about gifting or something physical, like something that can be physically touched. Mm -hmm. And I think there's two things that interest me in that. The first is that I think there's something very human and connecting by something that's physical. So whenever we do an ABM campaign and it has something physical going out, we try to create something that is not necessarily out of the norm, but is detached from their digital experience because we want to hit them on two different levels. And ideally, we want to have something that has a mantelpiece factor. So something that people are going to want to show to somebody else, even if it's just because it's unique. And then the other thing that I think find interesting about that is that actually, if you look at what goes into a successful ABM campaign, that physical element or physical touch point is very rarely the point of conversion it is part of the yeah. process there's normally in a, like a modern i say modern abm isn't a terribly old concept but in a like a modern process you would normally look at the digital elements the the way that that integrates into a sales team the alignment between two uh, between sales and marketing and it's it's funny like any even i do it so like whenever we start talking about an abm campaign yeah. the creative part of my brain immediately goes What's the cool shit that we can send them? And it's interesting that that's where we go to. And I think maybe that's just a product of our environment where every other channel we work in effectively boils down to some sort of spreadsheet, copy, like the normal tools that we have at our base. And this is an excuse for us as marketers to play in a different realm. 
so true i mean it's slightly off topic but that sense of jubilation that you get when you get a piece of printed material that comes yep. through whatever it is i've literally bounced around the room when i've got a brochure through that that didn't have a typo in it as well um so, but yeah to bring something into the physical world is 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 so uh special and different and and you're right probably quite a, a symptom or of the times and the way that we work these days as marketers but if you if you look at um like i often liken it to american psycho where you're, you're doesn't like feel this doesn't this feel special and you don't you don't get that from an email or a, a social ad or anything like that and it, it's it's something that is detached from the norm and that's what i like about it and, and actually you know that that point that you made about it being that mantelpiece effect i feel like you can have a short term effect of that with like a, a personalized video or something like that uh, which comes in an email but then you don't you don't go back to it or it doesn't sit on your desk in in the same way you know it's not a constant reminder so i mean what was what was the constant reminder you're going for with creepy crochet oh, man, I, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know to never work with the company ever yeah. again i guess <laughs> so i know that this isn't your your entire business by by any means but it's something that you've engaged with in a more process driven tech orientated way than than me sending creepy crochet so on that basis i thought it might be pretty cool just to approach with this conversation like how you would start building up an abm strategy and also in terms of the process but also the tech but you know in a more formal way the thing to be aware of ABM, it, it very much depends on who you're talking to about what levels that sits at. So the way that we approach it and the way that we think about it, and that doesn't necessarily mean it's right, it's just the way that we approach it, is we've got levels of ABM that we'll focus on. So we'll have like an ABM light, which mm -hmm. is a one to many. Then we have like a, a one to few, and then we have a one to one. And each one of those categories, so that one to many, so that ABM light is very much like a, a better targeted inbound. So we have personas, we have, we understand who the decision makers are, we know who the decision making units are around those, and we target groups of people and we might target more of a role than an individual. Mm -hmm. Then we might target roles at a, at a, a business where we understand the industry or we have select number of target accounts and we will target them on mass i say mm -hmm. on mass i don't really mean kind of in the same kind of spray and pray kind of way but very much a we will connect with those individuals but it, it won't be down to name it might be more of a hey mr mr xerox or like that kind of position here's how we've helped businesses like xerox or whatever we're not actually pitching xerox which is the first brand that came to mind and then then the one that i really like and i there's some great examples out of it, is that one-to-one -one. and that's that's where it can get super exciting because you're basically creating a campaign for an individual and you're right like there's an element of where where's the line between creepy and not creepy but mm -hmm. that's where i think pure abm is because you find that individual you build a campaign for them and you try to engage with them that's inherently quite cool because you can throw in all sorts of stuff where we start with that is we look at who that persona is so who's that initial persona who are we trying to sell to who is the the person that we're going to do like go after so is that like a sales director is it a marketing director is it the head of it head of procurement who are we actually trying to sell to in this scenario 
we build out a persona. We then, if it's on an individual level, we'll then research them and we'll start to look at who they are and what are their drivers. Are they are they engaged in social? Are they uh, outspoken in the news? Like, what kind of information can we do? And we'll build a dossier around that individual. So we, we build a dossier around that individual so that we can then help inform sales teams of how they're going to be able to sell, engage with these people. So we'll bring it right down into disk profiles and things like that. Very assumptive, but we use processes that have helped us identify certain things in the language that they're using on social or the the kind of roles that we would expect them to be in. Yeah, And then from there, we look at the decision-making unit around them. So with ABM, particularly if you're selling at a high level, it's very unlikely that an individual is the sole decision-maker within a process. So if you're selling to the, the sales director, you're normally going to have to win over the CFO, possibly the CEO or MD. There's going to be a number of people who are involved in that conversation. And that's that's what you have to look at around them. So we then start to build up a picture around what that decision-making look like, uh, unit looks like. And then we start to build elements of the campaign that will appease those people as well. So maybe we'll change the messaging with some of the targeting. But the idea is that when they finally come to a decision everybody in that room will be aware of who you're selling, what you're selling, and why they should be considering you as who they're buying from. So that's the first stage. Then we start to look at the channels that are going to be effective. So we start to look at, are we are we going to use elements of digital? Are we going to use elements of physical? Is there events that are going to be rolled out into this? And then once we've got that overall structure, then we'll start to look at building out the individual parts of that. So with the physical, like I said before, it's it's one of the more exciting parts of it. But with the physical, we look for something that is truly useful or truly unique. What I get really frustrated with people is sending someone pens or like mouse mats. I don't know if people even make mouse mats anymore, but like that kind of peripheral shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You may get somebody's attention, but it's unlikely to have any impact on the actual sale. They'll be like, oh, great, thanks. You've sent me a desk calendar. That's yeah. great. <laughs> yeah. I don't think anybody actually uses physical calendars anymore, but like you get the idea. It's not It's not something that has any real bearing on either what you're selling or what they need. So I think you have to approach it with something that is reflective and useful of what you are trying to sell to that person, or it needs to be something that is going to be truly useful and individual to the person you're sending it to. I know like we're laughing about it, but the creepy crochet had a relevance to that person. And like you can you can bet that that person had mentioned it to somebody else. And maybe she didn't think it was creepy and she just wasn't going to buy. She would have, I can guarantee you, like that has been passed on to somebody else going, look what I've just been sending in the post. And that's the kind yeah. of reaction you want to get out of that. With the parts of the ABM campaigns, you start to stitch that stuff into the overall journey. Our most successful campaigns, we've included digital. So we've had targeted ads where we are nurturing those people to see the brands before there's any real contact. Nice. Then we might start with outreach from sales or we will send the direct mail or we will have email campaigns. It very much depends on who we're going after and what process. But we will have this journey of nurturing because ideally we want to go take them through a journey of where they're aware of the brand. They are then considering that brand and then the salespeople reach out 
and then we nurture them on beyond that point as well. Part of that is because we can then give the sales team ammunition to talk to them, ammunition and reason to talk to them. So did you get this in the post? Did you get that? Would you like to come to this event? That's when you start to build up this whole ABM kind of bubble around that contact. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite, and like I use this example all the time, it wasn't even us, um, a company in Manchester called Data Center Plus, I think. I think last year they sent every agency in Manchester a beer pong kit. So it was like literally a box that showed up in our office that was full of a couple of beer pong cups, a couple of cans of lager, and I think a couple of cans of Coke for those who don't drink, and a ping pong ball. And the note was literally like, we'd like to challenge you to a game. (laughs) What I love about that is they looked at the general agency profile. And that agency profile is, I mean, beer pong and agency kind of fits quite well together they've taken an an estimated guess on that so this this arrived in our office i've then shown everybody in the office unfortunately for them we can't buy their products so we use um, hosted services that we don't need any server infrastructure but what they then did is we then got a direct mail follow-up after that with a like a data sheet like a one pager is like here's who we are and what we do we'd love to have a call then they had their salespeople reaching out and we had one call, two call. Then I answered the call and said, look, we can't actually buy from you, but I really appreciate what you've done. Great. So then what happened after that is they then went wider into the market. They created a tram map. So for everybody who's not in Manchester, like a tube map of all the agencies, what their specialisms were. So depending on the line you were, it was either full service, web design and dev, like PR, And they created this huge map and then sent all of the agencies this big A1 version of it so that you could put up on your wall if you wanted to. The social reach they got out of the back of that was huge. Like all the agencies were tweeting about it. I mean, there were a lot of agencies who were saying like, why am I not on it? That's amazing in itself though, right? Yeah, exactly. So, and all of this increased their reach and gave their sales team more reasons to be having conversations. So for me, it was a great campaign. My other favorite campaign that, so they are a IT cybersecurity type company. And what they did is they bought thousands of branded Nerf guns and <laughs> sent them to their target prospects along the lines of here is some ammunition for your security type thing. So this is like, I mean, it's it's fairly irrelevant and it's loosely coupled to, with the kind of stuff that they do, but they've created a mechanism for people to then share on social. So it's a massive brand play using abm targeting that's awesome and and just on on the the physical stuff i saw a tweet from dave cancel a little while ago and he was speaking about someone who sent him this amazing picture from like a conference he spoke out or, or something like that and uh I, I hope i'm not getting this wrong uh, he sort of said the thing that i would have done differently is that they put their logo on the thing and he said, the thing I would have done differently is I, I wouldn't have put any logo on there. You know, I would have had this poster. I would have put it on my wall, but they put their logo on it. So I didn't bother. What, what do you sort of do in that sort of scenario? I think, it, again, it depends on what you're sending and who you're sending it to. So if if it's a, so like that, that tram map of all the agencies, you'd expect it to be branded. Like that's the kind of, and some agencies would put that on their walls. Some wouldn't, like it's whatever. But if you're sending somebody like something that is personal to them. So like great example. So I know that he loves trainers. So like yeah. Nike's 
mm-hmm. well into them. If I were to send him those with a big six and flow logo on them, I think he'd probably be like, yeah, cheers guys. What the <laughs> fuck am I meant to do with these? I'm not wearing your logo. Yeah. That's the difference because it then a personalized, very thoughtful present that I've researched and understood, yeah. but I've then ruined it by then going, yeah, but obviously this is a brand play. So I want something out of this. It may yeah. not be that you're actually going to buy from me, but I want you to wear them so everybody else can see them wearing. And I think that's what that cheapens it. Yeah. And I guess one of the things that I always think about is, is also an element of, of bribery. You know, if, if it gets to like a boardroom or whatever, and you know, you've targeted four out of the four, four out of the five people in the room with, with a really well-placed present or whatever, and everyone's really on board with it. But then there's that one person who's in the room and, and you're pitching and, and you're amongst five of the people pitching and they're all wearing the present that you bought them. And <laughs> and then they're like really your advocates and stuff like that. I, I do wonder sometimes how that, that sort of bribery thing plays out as well, you know, whether it's part of the process or, or what. So my favorite ABM play for us is, and it, it's not true ABM, but it's along that gifting lines, is when we have a prospect that we are trying to nurture or yeah. trying to get into, we'll use the conversational marketing book. So we have a, like a mention in that, which is great. It's phenomenal. And that's helped us to know. And, but it's a very soft way for us to remind people that we know what we're talking about because we send them a book and everybody loves getting a book i don't care who you are whether you read it or not it's a nice thing to receive again it's something you can flick through not many people actually take the time to read a physical book anymore and we send them that and then it's a nice kind of like oh yeah i see your name and brand in this book that's incredible yeah and it also gives our sales team or me an excuse to then reach out and say hey did you get the book what did you think and then we can have a whole nother conversation around that we have plenty of clients where I now still regularly we trade emails and share book lists between the two of us and we're just it's great because we now have a relationship that we can continue on and it gives us the basis of that so for me when I look at ABM it is much more around targeting the right individuals and then nurturing them towards a sale not necessarily hitting them straight up with a conversion I know A lot of people will see that differently, but that's how I look at it. The first campaign we ever ran, it bombed. Like we absolutely fucked it up. Not <laughs> not for us as an agency. So we were working with a client and what we did was we created this perfectly mapped out, even if I do say to myself, perfectly mapped out <laughs> ABM process, a great mix of digital ads that were nurturing the right target audience. Then we had some email go out. Then we had this nice DM piece that went out that was this big broadsheet newspaper that was actually an unfolded infographic that then explained the brand, but it was done on a proper newspaper print. So it it was something physical and we were selling digital services or a digital product. So it was a juxtaposition to what we were actually selling because we wanted to have something that was totally different from what they normally get. And it had that, if you get that on your desk, you're going to have a look and you are probably going to show the people that are around you as well. So that was the process we went through. And it, it worked because we had every one of those papers had a personalized URL on them. So we were targeting, I think we had 300 target accounts in total and we went through and did them in tranches of 20. Mm-hmm. We targeted them, we sent it out personalized URLs, went to the landing page, it had the brand that they were on so we could track all of this activity. 
and we nice. started to engage them um, with retargeting ads. And then we, we also had people who were putting hand raises in. So they were filling in forms saying, yeah, speak to me. Great. Working perfectly. Then it gets to sales and sales didn't contact those leads in a way that was going to engage with them as part of that process. So very quickly, we learned that if you don't have sales engaged in the process, mm -hmm. it's not going to work. You can you can drop all the hot leads you want on their toes, but if they don't actually do anything with it, it's not yeah. going to work. So gotcha. our learning, and that was entirely our fault because we just assumed that we were going to drop these hot leads on these sales guys and they were going to jump straight into it. We had to then say, okay, here's the script, here's the process, here's when you go out. We built in a bunch of notifications saying, okay, here's the hand raisers who are going to do this and you grow it from there. Now we look back on it and we're like, yeah, obviously. But at the time we were like, yeah, we're doing our marketing thing. It's like an inbound campaign, but it's hyper-targeted and it's great. And we fucked it up. I guess that's where tech comes in, does it? Yeah, absolutely. So that's where you can start to use some of the, the technologies available that will start to nudge you across the line. So actually, when are we going out with this? So this is going out on Tuesday morning. Mm -hmm. HubSpot today, as in Tuesday, are <laughs> releasing a new set of abm tools so we've been playing around with the beta for uh, a couple of months now and it's amazing that that whole problem of sales and marketing alignment totally uh -huh. gone because you can start to actually mix it all together you have target accounts set in there and it's yeah it's it's going to be a game changer for the abm market particularly those who are transitioning from the abm world so i'm excited for like everybody else to how to start playing with that soon as well but that actually brings on to another decent point is mm -hmm. If you're going to run an ABM campaign, mm -hmm. you need to make sure that you have a marketing backbone that's going to support that campaign as well. Because if you're running all of these different plays that are you're sending direct mail, you're you're using ads, mm -hmm. people will start to naturally search for you. They will visit your site. They will look at your content. So you mm -hmm. need to make sure that all of that stuff is in place as well, because otherwise you're going to lose them at certain points of the conversion process. So. Mm -hmm. Whenever we run an ABM campaign or whenever we have a client talking to us about an ABM campaign, we will assess and look at what they've got in place from an inbound perspective, a content marketing perspective, what's going on in their social, how are they engaging across email, what does a site look like, what's their sales process. All of that needs to be shiny and working before you start to consider ABM. And I think that's where a lot of agencies and um, agencies and their clients get it wrong because you're like actually we're just gonna go straight into abm yeah. because i think you will lose stuff off the back abm is still great and you can do it on its own because sometimes there are just these individuals that you need to go after but you sure. need to make sure your shit's in order first you know you spot on a, i guess you know you do all that hard work and you get to the website and it looks like crap you know yep. what's that say you know so i, I think you're spot on there so obviously i, I don't think we can have a conversation about anything these days without without mentioning uh, the world as it is right now so obviously abm is going to be in a bit of a funny spot right now you uh, mean in these uncertain times in these uncertain times you know where we're heading towards the new normal uh, i think it's unprecedented some have said and i've reflected on this a little bit because my go-to sort of attention raiser sort of grabber whatever it is is handwritten letters there's something i i feel personally so meaningful about someone who's taken the time to sit down, write a letter to someone, and nobody does it. But of course, you can't get people's addresses right now. And in fact, if something was to arrive to someone's home address right now, that would probably almost definitely be crossing the line of creepiness. Well, I was thinking about this the other day, right? So I have an awful lot of SAS tool swag. So like my house is full of 
Drift, Vidyard, HubSpot, a cello. We don't even use a cello. Um, <laughs> like all of this stuff from conferences. And I think jumper I'm wearing right now is probably one of the a few unbranded pieces of clothing that I own. And it's like, it's ridiculous. But I was thinking the other day, actually, I'm running out of socks. So if there's any Sastas out there that want my home address to send me a pair of socks, then I am all in. Yeah. All right. In fact, you know, we might even consider a sponsorship slot right there. <laughs> <laughs> I quite fancy. Actually, you know what? I'm having the same problem. All my socks have holes in them at the moment. So, exactly. Uh... <laughs> anyway, sorry. I just bamboozled your point. Well, no, I, I don't know whether there was a point. I, I was just... You know, it's one of these things where right now ABM seems like it's in quite a difficult place to implement specifically in the physical realm. Um, but you're, you're, you're tensing up there as if you've got I something am. to say. So. So, but the, so that, again, comes back to my first point was we always fall back on the physical. So mm. we with ABM, we normally start from a digital perspective. And I think that part of that is a hangover from we are inherently a digital first agency with most of the stuff that we've done. But yeah. we look at how we can use the digital to then nurture through to contact points like physical direct mail or events. Now, direct mail, I think like you just mentioned, is a difficult avenue to go down at the moment because it's hard to get to those people events yeah we've digitized them and you guys are running like a great webinar series but it's not the same as being able to rub shoulders with somebody so you have to look at other ways that you can pull somebody in and make it a this is going to sound ridiculous but make it a magical experience but i think what i mean is a notable experience so Mm -hmm. think about other ways that you can engage somebody so like one of my favorite ABM plays that I've had in my mind for years and I'm just trying to find the client that will let me do it is we find out where their key target works so we know the building they're in and we hire the billboard opposite them and we personalize that billboard so they pass that every day we're doing all the digital activity they pass this billboard yeah that's physical but I don't need their home address because it's on the commute and Mm -hmm. to your point you think about other ways that you can get in front of them. Is it going to be targeted Spotify ads? So some of that stuff, you can drill locations down to a certain asp- uh, to a certain degree. Is it going to be more personalized digital copy? And keep that going until mm-hmm. you get to the point where they are going to be back in the office. And that could be months. Who knows? Like, I mean, I spoke to a, a client um, earlier in the week, and they, they've said they are not going back into the office until September. So there is a big gap in that direct marketable world that we're not going to be able to do that stuff so i think understanding how the digital couples with particularly from a sales alignment perspective so what can we nurture and make feel special in that perspective and then bring in the sales team but also i had a call with a prospect earlier in the week and i just i just outright said look what we're talking about i think you'd get a kick out of reading this book what's your address yeah. And like straight up, just ask him. And I, I also deal with a bit of tongue in cheek with, look, I know this is going to sound really creepy, but where do you live? Yeah. So with the you doing physical stuff, I think we just need to change the way we approach it slightly. I like that, you know, and, and actually that's even during the course of this, this conversation, then you've developed my thinking, which is the, the hybrid approach with the digital and the physical stuff, but then also putting the digital stuff up front uh, is a nice sort of softer, more comfortable introduction to something rather than, you know, maybe what I engaged with in the past, which was 
they would have been unaware of us completely. And then it was like, bam, direct mail, which is harder. Um, but, you know, it's not unnecessary or it's not inappropriate necessarily, but it was a different way about going about things. But combining those approaches seems really smart to me. Did you ever watch that illusionist? I think it was either Dynamo or Darren Brown, where he got he got individuals to come to him like they went on like a commute through london and arrived to him and then he basically told them what they were thinking uh, like he, he got them to pick a, a number or pick something and he told them what it was and mm. it blew their mind because they were like how have you done that um when he explained the process mm. you could then see that as they've gone on that commute so he's he's dictated the route so like he had somebody pick him up in an uber or taxi at the time or whatever it was yeah. He had them pick up and they went on a particular route and it had billboards with certain messages on them. It had um, like signs and people who were planted but would walk across them saying certain things and it's yeah. built up this message. And that digital nurturing before you actually do anything physical or like you reach out as a salesperson, that digital nurturing is putting the brand and painting a message in front of them. So if you if you get your logo in front of somebody and there's a, a recognition there. They are far more likely to open an email, open direct mail, pick up the phone to a brand that they recognize. And that's what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. That's where the two coupled together work incredibly well. Yeah, I love that. And and so I've never really been in a company that's engaged in, in significant sort of banner ads or anything of, of that kind. And And you hear these stories maybe, I don't know, maybe five, 10 years ago where you'd get, uh, executives getting a job at Facebook because they've managed to get their ads so targeted that one person and one person only could pretty much read see these ads. I mean, when you guys are doing it, I'm not asking you to give away the, the secret source completely, but you know, how how targeted do you get? Do you get that feedback from folks who sort of say, "Oh, I saw that banner ad that had my name in it," or, or whatever it may be, you know, or or how detailed do you go? We would normally not go that that deep in the ads for that perspective like we would never try and target it below like that level sometimes we will target into like whole companies with ads because at that point we're only trying to get the ads in front of them uh trying to get the brand in front of them or we might so when we were talking about that one to many we might target roles across a, a spectrum and do it that way because i i feel like sometimes you end up in that creepiness yeah. Level. If you, if I, if I, so if you were surfing around the, the internet and you had no idea who Six and Flow are, and all of a sudden you saw this thing pop up saying, Hey, Joe, buy yeah. this from Six and Flow, you'd be like, like, I mean, you're a marketer, you'd be intrigued. You'd be like, How the fuck yeah. have they done that? But <laughs> normally people would be like, Hang on, this is, this is not really something I'm keen on. But like, it can be done, not quite to the individual level, but there's, there's ways to target things quite granularly. Interesting. Cool. No, uh, good point. And and I think that that creepiness. Again, we come back to it, and I don't think I've necessarily covered myself in glory uh, in in this particular episode on <laughs> not being creepy front. But um, it's just one of those things, and I guess you you're going to hit some and you're going to lose some as well. You know, along the way, I, I think everyone's got their own level, and and you can't know everything about everybody. So. That's actually so when when you and I are like thinking about things that we want to talk about in the episodes, one of the things that I did want to talk about at some point is being human doesn't mean that everybody has to like or agree with you. So humans have opinions, humans appeal to certain people and not to others. And I think 
in marketing, we have to be aware of that as well. So your creepy crochet, yeah, maybe you freaked her out, but actually, if you'd sent that to somebody else, maybe they'd be like, actually, this is really cool. I'm going to use it as a tea cozy or whatever. But yeah, it's. I think that's that's where as marketers, sometimes we forget that it's not a popularity contest. We are trying to generate business and sometimes having having a dichotomy of feeling towards the brand can work in your favor. And we've talked about it before, but Paddy Power, that is their business. Piss yeah. a bunch of people off because yeah. it'll endear you to the ones you want to sell to. No, you, you're right. I guess it becomes a, a filtering mechanism in, in some way. <laughs> so. It's like a, a great example of it is, and I, I don't, I don't like I've never I've never met him, but I don't like his personality or the way he puts himself out of line. I think he's a bit of a douchebag. Is Grant Cardone, and yeah. he is he is very very good at alienating people to amplify his message, and the people that he's amplifying his message to mm-hmm. like his message. So he he is fueling a fire to help him with what he wants to get to, and I think that's whether you agree with it, what he says or not. Yeah. You have to appreciate that he's found his way to market. And I think likewise for like people like Gary Vee, like he is very much Marmite. I don't I don't like what he stands for in that whole kind of hustle culture. I think it's toxic. Mm. But you have to appreciate that he has a very uh, that is his route to market and people are on board with it almost fanatically. Oh, for sure. Well, he's almost become a, a caricature of himself. And ironically, I, I, there's been a couple of bits of stuff from Gary Vee, which I've watched and it's like, oh, actually, that makes sense. But if you ask me my broader opinion on Gary Vee, I'll be like, nah, I don't like his stuff. You know, which the dude is very clever. So the way that he's built his own media company is 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 clever. The stuff that he talks about there, is, there are tidbits of information that you can take from that. And you like, yeah, actually, that does make sense. I can build that into what I do and like you like I think it's the broader Gary V mm. persona that I don't approve of because I think it's it's toxic in the way that that having to constantly hustle I think it encourages burnout and all that kind of stuff and I don't think it's the right way to be pushing people but it works for him and that doesn't mean that it's not going to work for other people I just don't appreciate it myself right I think that probably just about wraps us up. I hope that that we've given you all a bit of an insight into how we view ABM and Joe's creepy crochet. (laughs) So if, if you would like Joe to send you some creepy crochet, if you could leave us a five star review, we will, we would be hugely appreciative. And I personally will make sure that you get some creepy crochet sent to your address. You'll have to, somehow get us your address but we'll make it happen so leave us a five star review and we'll get that across to you we'll make it happen (laughs) thanks very much take care you've been listening to humans come first hold up what was that Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.